Have you noticed how much things have changed since you became a mum? Do you feel as though you're the only one struggling to adjust to this new norm? Can you no longer see clearly the things that felt so transparent before? Well friend, you are not alone, and we are here to invite you into our mummy village so that you always have somewhere to turn and a place where you belong. Together, we will try and bring to light the common struggles of the modern Orthodox Mama and delve into scripture in the hope of navigating through all of our doubts on this new and exciting journey. So come as you are and open your heart and mind to embrace the transformation God has in store for you. Welcome back to another episode of Mummy. Um, today we're going to be talking about service in the new mum and we're very lucky to have Marianne Aza join us today. Um, she's a mum of two beautiful young men. I can't call them boys anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> um, twins, guys. Twins, twins. <laughs> I know. So really listen because I think for all of us who have like just one, one. <laughs> yeah. we know how much we struggle so we can really learn a lot from Marianne today. Um Marette and I are going to chat a little bit about our experiences um, and Marianne as well and then we'll go from there and um, hopefully what we're really hoping to achieve is to first of all understand that it's okay Mm. to struggle with service as a new parent, as a new mum, but also just some tips, some tools to give you um, to kind of change our perspective on service a little bit and how to incorporate it into our lives as as mums. Yeah and I think it's um, it's always really hard going from, you know, serving almost full-time, non-stop, doing everything you're asked to do, saying yes to absolutely everything, feeling like, oh, I'm doing so much for the church, and then you have a kid and automatically you feel like you're restricted in your time mm. and your efforts and your energy, um, and you struggle to find kind of your way back into service and actually appreciate that so much of what you do as a mum is service. Correct. And it's and we do so much in our little private time with our families and with our kids and we serve our families and you know, we serve them with everything. It's it's kinda of hard to keep trying to dig back into the bank mm. of, you know, our time and our efforts and our energies and try and give even of what little we've got and start you know I I hate to say it but sometimes we start to resent the formality of it Mm. um and it uh, we're hoping that you know you can appreciate from both of us and from Marianne that this experience is not unique to us individually it's something we all go through especially Mm. especially starting out as a new mum where you don't know what's expected of you and you don't know what to expect and it's Mm. it's all a bit kind of blurry yeah so um I think like for me, mm. one of the biggest things after I had Abby, my, my eldest, was I really felt like I was drowning without even thinking about service. Yeah. So just just having her, I felt like I was drowning, mm. you know, trying to navigate, like getting to church on time on a Sunday to start off with, yeah. um, having the ability to try and like pay attention during the Mass and actually pray during the Mass. Mm. In I, I mean... I think your experience is probably the same, but somehow Sundays were just the day for her to be unhappy, unsettled. And I'm talking as a baby baby now, Mm. Um, but really just that they were never good days. Mm. And it's understandable because, you know, it's she's out of her routine, out of her environment. But I just remember being so overwhelmed by that, that, you know, after a year of being a mum or a few months of being a mum, that when someone, when, when I was first approached to think about going back, to service mm. 
I just felt like, oh my goodness, like Sundays are hard enough. Mm. How can I do anything more? My evenings are full enough, you know, like just the normal routine is hard enough. How can Mm. I offer any more of my time to God, to service, yeah. what what can I do? Um, and that, like, I feel like that feeling is, like, still imprinted in me. Like, mm. I still, like, I'm never going to forget that feeling. Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. I think that was one aspect of it. The other aspect of it was I was still trying to find what my relationship with Christ looked like now that I was a mum. Mm. You know, you get into a really, or for a lot of us, we get into a really good routine before we have kids. You know, um, this is my prayer time. This mm. is my Bible reading time. This is my Bible study time. Um, but then you have a kid and all of that changes. And so feeling, I guess, spiritually quite low compared to where you were before you had a kid. And then, you know, then being asked to give from your very, very tiny, tiny spiritual reserve, reserve yeah. to, to serve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that for me was a really big thing, like just trying to understand like how, yeah. how am I going to do this because I'm already drowning. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think similarly, you know, my experience, it's you're used to Sunday being you wake up, go to church, start your service, have your servants meeting and then carry on with your mm. Sunday, go out to coffee, you know, come back clean a little bit have a siesta in the afternoon (laughs) and automatically, you know, your days are completely flipped on their heads. Um, And it's, it's hard enough, like you said, trying to navigate a calm Sunday morning (laughs) um, where everyone is ready on time and you actually make it to the mass. And, you know, maybe that day you catch a little bit of what, you know, Abuna is saying at the front. It's, it's, hard enough trying to appreciate that that could be a reality one day Mm. again um let alone having such a formality um of service at church and i think the the third aspect that i'll add to that i really struggled with was where i fit in now Mm. you know this became such a big part of my life this was my life this was sunday this was you know during the week i did visitations i had calls i went to meetings i went to prayer meetings and Mm. bible studies and and now all of that was gone and it was it was really hard to come back and still appreciate that I can serve outside of that. But for me personally, and even till today, there's a sense of isolation in that being completely stripped away. Mm. And it's really hard to come back and find your way back into the service um, or even just back at church amongst the people that you used to serve with and amongst everyone in the whole community. Because you still feel like you're a little bit empty, like there's a part that should be filled with the service, but yeah. you, you physically can't, you can't, and emotionally, you just can't give anymore. Um, so that's us. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let Mimi, Marianne. Mimi's sorry. fine, Mimi's Mimi. fine. <laughs> it doesn't uh, come naturally no, to no. us. Um, so, you know, Mimi thankfully has um, given us some of her time today. So we really appreciate you coming. Um, and we'd love to hear, you know, your experience and what you think about our experiences mm-hmm. and whether that's common. You know, I, I don't doubt that we're not alone. But, you know. Look, look, based on my experience, and I've had twin boys, so that was 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar to what I've experienced when they were growing up. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember a mass that I've actually enjoyed for a very long time like I was attending and I'm thinking why am I even here yeah. well, is it worth 
stepping out of out of the house altogether. Yeah. I think the first first few months I definitely did not leave <laughs> leave the house altogether. Yeah. We I was struggling just to to make it with that with brushing my teeth yeah. and managing the the day yeah. and it was really yeah. hard. So and I had a, a lot of of help from my parents as well. Mm. But despite that I was struggling. So I think everybody struggles through that. Um I think the key thing for me that I've learned is um service goes beyond what is called a Sunday service. Mm. Um and you serve your family first. So when when um when Christ said he said serve Judea then Samaria than the rest of the world. Your your first step is your family. You need to serve them. And I know whenever I struggled with coping with the amount of service that I was doing, um, my confession father used to tell me, your family is a service and you need to start with your family. Um, and again, the, the balance is always good. Um, but I love that verse and I learned it very recently in First Timothy when the kids were growing up. There is a verse um, that St. Paul says, Um, about females and what the role is in the church and mm. it gets a little bit tricky but I think he talks about females and says nevertheless she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith love and holiness with self-control mm. so it seems that St. Paul sort of put the salvation of the female of the mother associated with how well she raises her children mm. because he says she will be saved in childbearing if the kids continue in faith Yeah. so it feels that that the first thing that I needed to do was to look after my kids spiritually. Yeah. Um, I needed to serve them first and make sure that I serve them well and not feel guilty about serving them. Yeah. Mm. Because the problem is sometimes you, you do feel guilty because you want to do more. But yeah. again, the classic parable of the, of the talents, somebody has one, somebody has five. As long as you work with what you have, that's the key thing. Mm. And again, I remember it's very hard because people compare, like mothers compare, yeah. like, look, she's come back to the service after a few months yeah. and she's coping, um, but others can't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it, it all depends on where where the family is and the dynamics of the family. Are the two people serving? Is there a, a, a grandparent that can help? Mm. Um, where are you at with your career? What's happening with so many other things? Mm. Like I was lucky to be able to come back quickly because my mother-in-law used to take the boys mm. after church. I struggled with them through church. <laughs> and then after that, she said, no, no, leave them with me. I, she stopped working. She had a lot of time in her hand. And she said, I'll take them and I'll you can spend the time in the service and come yeah. back on a Sunday. But for others, it was not possible. And that's fine mm. because service, the definition of service is much broader than just the Sunday thing. Mm. But I think the problem is we sometimes feel very guilty yeah. and we compare. And I, and I think that's where the the problems start to happen. Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly right. It's a great point because we do compare. And I found that that was one of my biggest downfalls as well. And it still is. Mm. And it's. You know, when you hear things like, oh, you know, why aren't you serving? You know, what class are you do serving? Or, you know, who are you looking after on a Sunday? And your answer is, oh, my crazy two and a half year old. <laughs> like, I think she's enough. But you, you almost feel like you need to live up to a certain expectation because that's kind of what surrounds mm. you. Uh, and you're right. We don't factor in everything else. And we almost downplay our other aspects as well and we we try and I mean it's it's great that we try and elevate our Sunday service but really sometimes you know you're right Mimi we're in different boats you know we're in 
different stages in our lives. Our mm. kids are different. Our families are different. Our spouses are different. Our help, you know, looks different. So it's it's hard to kind of get past mm. the mental barrier, I think. Mm. And I think it's normal because you're not only just comparing to others, you're comparing to where you were before. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So if your life was fully fully dedicated to the service and it's the most important thing where your identity came from as we said it becomes very hard because mm. all of a sudden all I'm doing is changing nappies and yeah. just doing baby talk and it's it's driving me nuts <laughs> yeah. like it's part of me my identity and yeah. my you know my purpose so it, it gets a little bit hard but I think it's that mind mindset change that everything that I do in a service and again w like putting on the other side putting the service hat on we struggle to find females to serve yeah. mm. because they all drop from the service and we want more servants mm. so and that's why i'm saying it's not a formula yeah. for some people it, it's the right thing for them to come back and we need more of the females to come back because they're good role models for the girls at that stage but for another person that might not work at this mm. point in time with whatever's happening in their life mm. then it doesn't work for mm. them and i think we need to be understanding of every person's needs and, and cater for that rather than say it doesn't work. Yeah. So would there be kind of avenues to start serving informally? Is that is that a thing? Yeah. I like I found for me one of the the, the way that I felt like I got back into it. First of all, my, my service on a change, Sunday changed completely. Mm. So it just changed in the sense that I wasn't maybe doing what I was doing beforehand. I was mm. still doing something, but it, it just looked very different. And I we tried together with like the head servants at the church that I was serving at the time, um, we found something that worked. So for me, what that looked like was doing a creche class because mm. that meant I could bring my eight, nine month old with me mm. and it wasn't, I was still able to watch her rather than rather than be worried about, you know, where I was going to leave her, what I was going to do. So I think sometimes for us, it's just about changing our expectation of what we can and can't do. And we talk about pressure a lot and the pressure to serve, but I think the person who puts the most pressure on ourselves, like us. is us yeah, on ourselves. Sure. And like yeah. we all feel that. Um, but when you're talking about informal service, I have to say I found the biggest thing for me was just getting involved with things at other times that were not mm. perhaps on a Sunday and like Mimi was saying that looks different for everyone because it obviously depends on your circumstances what help you have available um do you have someone at home in the evening who can watch your kids do you have someone during the day are your kids in daycare that looks very very are you working during the day it looks mm. very different for every person and so I think um, sometimes it's just about trying to find that one little thing that you can do that fits in with your life mm. and understanding that it is not going to look what it looked like before you had kids. Yeah. Um, I think once I got my head around that, I mm. found it much easier and I started enjoying service again and I found that that pressure wasn't there because mm. I was still doing something um, rather than feeling like I, was, I wasn't contributing or mm. I wasn't doing anything. Um, so just finding a way to make it work yeah with your life and your yeah. circumstance yeah no i totally agree and i think it's it takes a different amount of time for every single person Absolutely. so again where i was told once um by my spiritual father that i worry about everything and i'm so ocd because i'm such a high achiever and i'm like well i'm a mom and so if it's not the best it's not good enough and so that's what we we do unfortunately we become such perfectionists and we put so much pressure on ourselves and we don't expect that of other people. We definitely don't expect that of our kids. We don't expect that of our spouses and our friends, just ourselves. And mm. we treat ourselves so differently. 
and we kind of set this this benchmark that is almost impossible to reach mm. and we always fall short and it just makes things so much worse and it's it's really hard to pull ourselves back from that so it does take time to find your niche and it does take time to kind of find yourself again in the service and you know in the church I guess uh, and it takes a different amount of time for mm. everybody and so if, if she's gone back much quicker I shouldn't have the same pressure mm. on myself mm. but it's it's kind of it's hard I mean it's much easier said than done but it's really hard to actually put that into practice but I I think the trick is you have to serve Mm. because sometimes also we take that as an excuse of you know what I'm not going to serve for the next five years until my child turns five or I'm not going to serve until and and I think we need to understand that service is not an option Mm. for me to serve is because I, I have a debt that I owe Christ. Mm. I need to serve. I need to. It's it's the only way to get to heaven. Mm. When he says, you know, you were hungry and you fed me. Or, mm. So it, it's just, it's not optional. Mm. Serve one another is, is a fact. Mm. So if we take it with that mindset, I think we have to serve. The question is what? Mm. Yeah. And what suits my schedule and my needs um, and my circumstances with my family? that I can do and not feel the pressure, but also feel challenged. Because again, yeah. you, ca- you can't take the easy way out mm-hmm. and say, mm, that's enough, I'm just yeah. doing something small here and there. But, but, but obviously God has given you enough talents that you could do more. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you, you, need, you need to be sacrificing to an extent, but not killing yourself in the yeah. process and not yeah. feeling miserable. Mm-hmm. Because you have, to, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. If you're giving and you're not happy, <laughs> yeah. then what's the use of, of, mm. of serving? Mm. Yeah. But do you think like, I think sometimes one of the things that I feel like maybe I'm giving too much at the cost of my family. And in that case, like, I, like for me personally, I feel like it's okay to say, no, actually, I can't commit to that. I can't keep doing that. Because you, like you said before, like your first priority is your family. And I guess for me, what's hard to reconcile is how do I... How do I do both? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, yes, it's important to serve my family first and I'll do that first. But is it important to still be serving outside of your family? And sometimes, do you think that sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get back to serving outside of your family? Look, I think I think it depends. There's mm. no there's no one size fits all. So ideally, you'd want to serve beyond your family. Um, but how much? It depends on your capacity. Mm. But at the same time, it might be enough to... Just call a friend that you know needs some support. That is an outside of the family mm. service. So yeah. it, it doesn't have to mean, oh, I'm going to have a class of 20 girls that I'm going to look after. Mm. Um, but looking outside of ourselves. And and I think it's a lovely thing when you have younger kids to take them through this experience. Mm. Like I've seen, we have our cleaning days at church, for example. And I've seen some mothers come with their kids. They mm. get them the small brooms and they get them the, you know, all the stuff and they come and they spend the day cleaning together at the church. Mm. And it's a lovely experience because the, the, you're teaching your kids and you're benefiting the church. Yeah. So it's a way of doing it in an, like, you have to always look beyond yourself, I mm. think. But the question is just how do you do it in a way that is suitable and manageable and not too much for you to handle? Mm. Yeah, I think even if you drag your kids to the cleaning day and you spend the whole day annoyed, <laughs> I think it still counts. <laughs> I think yeah like going back to the pressure like Mimi said it's it's as simple as 
you know, if, if I can't commit a whole evening or I can't commit the time of a whole Bible study or a whole visitation or, you know, whatever, it can be just a phone call. Like mm. we know so many people, even just within our community as mums, like so many mothers who may have just had a kid mm. call and check up and see how she's going and how she's coping and, you know, see if she just wants to have lunch over Zoom now, you know, and... Uh, yeah, Zoom's become... I have a subscription <laughs> for Zoom because of how often I'm on it now. Thank you, COVID. Um, but yeah, you know, something as simple as a phone call or a little care package that you don't even have to do anything mm. for, just kind of scroll through your phone like you do all the mm. time, like I do all the time. Like, <laughs> it's as simple as, as that, you know, and if you can't commit to something more, just start kind of small. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, even if you're dragging your kid to a coffee with someone who you feel really just wants to chat, I think, yeah, why not, you know, let the kids also experience the services that we do in whatever shape they take. I find that the best thing, because I'm a very organized person, I find the best thing is to agree on a plan with you, almost like, okay, I'm committing to one night a week because that's my capacity even at this stage i'm saying one night a week okay it might be you know before it was more or less but depends so or or a call a day or a call a month Mm. or whatever frequency i'm going to commit to something and i'm going to try and stick to it because that's the whole idea so whatever that amount is as long as you're declaring it to your confession father to yourself to god and to your partner so that there is a bit of an understanding as well yeah. on how we're going to manage if mm. we both want to serve or we have totally different services. So at least you're clear how we're going to manage the service yeah. across. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And accountability as well, I feel. Like when I plan to do things on my own, that falls through really so quickly. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> like in five minutes. I'm like, actually, nah, I changed my mind. And so I think the accountability is quite important as well. And it's just like like anything we commit to diets you know (laughs) don't shop plans (laughs) like whatever it is that you're trying resolutions there's there's there needs to be a sense of accountability Mm. and i think if you let everyone in on it i think that's a great idea and a a good starting point if you're kind of new um so you mentioned mimi about you know speaking to your partner and talking about capacity to serve and what happens if you both want to serve and things like that uh I guess that's a common thing um, and a lot of us mums, myself included, almost sacrifice and I'm putting sacrifice in inverted commas because I know a lot of it, it's not actually a sacrifice, (laughs) but we we almost say that we're sacrificing and let our spouses be the one to serve when really deep down it's almost like a fear going back and serving full time and you worry so much as a mum, like, if I commit myself to this and I let, you know, my spouse look after everything that I'm supposed to be looking up after, that's how we see it, you know, is that, am I not fulfilling my role as a mother? Am mm. I not doing what I'm meant to do or what St. Paul talks about in Timothy? And you almost feel like, oh, I'll sacrifice for them to do it, but really it's kind of to hide the guilt and you know how much more stressed you'll be if you were in the service. And you you almost don't want to because you feel like you're not doing right by everyone. Mm. How, first of all, like, is that common? Is that a thing that 
other mums I don't know do you have the same experience yeah I think so like sometimes it's almost like it's for me it's in the too hard basket yeah like I just can't imagine how I'm going to make it all work out what am I going to do with my kids where am I going to leave them um almost just this feeling that if I leave them then exactly I'm not I'm not doing the right thing I'm abandoning Mm. them Mm. which is I think that's something we face with every decision we make as parents, like going back to work, for example, you feel the same thing or, you know, even choosing to like take two hours for yourself to go and get a haircut. Like Mm. you just, yes, women's haircuts do take two hours, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes it's, you, you face that a lot. Mm. Um, So it's almost easier to just say, no, well, I'm, I'm going to let, I'm going to let my husband do the serving or my partner, my husband do the serving so that um, I can spend more time with the kids. But really it's just that you can't see how you're going to make it all. Yeah. Make it all work. Yeah. And it's that fear, you know, we worry so much about everything. We just, Mm. we're so anxious and highly Mm. strung and I'm speaking about myself. Yeah. No, will they cope (laughs) without me? Like, will the person that I leave them with know what to do with them on a Sunday? Are they going to see their, their, their frustrations are they going to know how to you know manage those frustrations Mm. like will they survive without me for two hours the answer is yes of course (laughs) but it's so hard to see that I think every mother goes through these guilty Mm. feelings like I I, and as you say it's every decision Mm. am I doing enough sports am I putting them through the right things Uh, am I spending enough time with them Mm. I think by default I think for some reason I don't know why maybe you guys can help me <laughs> but mothers feel guilty about it you, you're never a good mom mm. like you know it's almost like I'm, I'm a bad mom I'm not yeah. doing the right yes. thing yeah. and I think you continue to feel that for a very long time yeah but I think part of it as well is realizing you're really not raising your kids mm. God is raising mm. the kids mm. so it's part of it an element of faith and experience where you let go Mm. these are not your kids these are gifts from god you are entrusted with them but at the end of the day god is in control like when somebody comes and says to me oh your kids are so nice how did you do that i say i promise you i was the worst mother ever (laughs) and if if i can tell you how many mistakes and how many wrong things i've done with them it, it, it's almost I can write books about how bad I was as a mother and and caring for that matter. And we say, well, we haven't done anything right with them. But I think you you at the end of the day you say, Lord, these are your kids. They're not mine. I'm entrusting them to you, and you manage. You'll cover all the mistakes and the gaps that I've done. And it's true to a great extent. I know a lot of servants that currently serve. They say, look. I'll serve your kids and you serve my kids, mm. okay? Um, and again, it might be to a small extent, whatever extent it is, but I, that feeling of always, God, you're in control is something that I think we tend to re- forget. forget. And it's a, it's a, it's sure. a lack of faith. It's, yeah. a, and it's an experience because sometimes as well, you, you, you go to that meeting and your kids end up to be better. By the way, they'll be fine. <laughs> like, yes. Like anything you do, I don't think it's a disaster. Yeah. Like it's not as if they'll be psychologically yeah. mad forever yeah. Yeah. because you left them for two hours. They'll be just fine. Yeah. But I think we get anxious. We give them too much attention in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really freeing though to think of it that way, I think, because God loves your kids more than you love them. And I think that's such a hard yeah. thing for us to understand Mm. that you know they they really are just they're they're almost on loan from him and 
he's he's going to be faithful to us when we are faithful to him in our service as well so i really really this is like a personal belief for me but i really believe that if you are doing something for his good for his his honor his glory there is no way that he's going to let your child suffer for that he will provide for them in one way or another but i think the key is that that our intentions have to be right we're not Mm. doing it to receive like praise from elsewhere Mm. it's really for him it's really that we feel like i'm offering this to you and i know that my daughter my son is in your hands Mm. that you will take care of her you will provide for her because you love her so much more than i can even imagine Mm. you love her more than i love her um and i like i really like that mimi because to me that remembering that is actually really freeing that they are his Mm. they are not mine they are his and they are his responsibility um obviously mine too it's not to take the responsibility off me but it's just i don't know it's like it's it's just comforting it feels like a safety net you know Mm. You know, when we were talking about like serving our families, mm. what does that look, look like? like? Yeah. Oh, are you looking at me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Piercing gazes. Uh, uh, I think, again, it depends on the age of the kids. Mm. I think, first of all, we need to be good role models for them, mm. um, which I was never, but <laughs> that's okay. Like, uh, again, um, my confession father told me this one time about his mother and how he used to see her when she was you know kneeling and praying Mm. and he said this is how I learned to pray Mm. so I think when and we're not doing it for show off but I think when the kids see a a praying mother a loving patient which doesn't happen (laughs) the the screaming goes up to (laughs) to very high pitches so uh, but Role modeling, I think, is the first step because mm. that's how they learn. Because after a point in time, no matter what you talk, we'd say, yeah. they're not going to listen anyway. Definitely. So yeah. I think role modeling is the first thing. Um, then I think it's engaging in spiritual activities with mm. them, in caring for others, in looking after people, going and visiting others and checking on others, praying with them, reading the Bible with them, um, and making them love the church mm. and love 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 God mm. um, I think this is this for me is the basic thing mm. that you start with with your family um, and then you extend it beyond the direct kids huh? goes to the extended family or friends or people mm. that are in need but I, I think that's a start and and praying for them of course I mean mm. that goes without saying because we're helpless in a way so we tend to pray for them but it's it's engaging them oh, let's pray for this person today because they're not feeling well or mm. engaging them in in the whatever church is 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 doing mm. it's i think it's a good idea yeah i was listening to something that father mark said recently um actually in our uh, neighbor upper room media <laughs> podcast the purpose podcast uh new episode out now <laughs> i'm just gonna do a shameless <laughs> plug in right here um he mentioned before about how we're so kind of restricted in our vision we we constantly look at the physical and we forget the eternal which is the most important thing we're living for right now and it's the thing that we're aiming for and it's going to occupy the entirety of our essentially Mm. lives but this is all we can see this is the only thing we can see and we tend to see even serving our family very physically we tend to see 
you know, this labor and I did this and I cleaned the house and I set them here and all these extra extracurricular activities and this school and I did this and we read this book and, you know, I fed them this and it was all organic and it was <laughs> no sugar and gluten free and everything has been completely kind of by the book and we ignore the eternal side. Um, and I don't know where I read it or heard it, but um, someone mentioned before about using more eternal rewards when you're kind of, I want to say bribing, because that's what I do. But when you're negotiating with your toddler, <laughs> that sounds a bit better than bribing. Um, but, you know, things like, you know, if, if, this, if we do this together and we clean all this up, we're going to go see, you know, um, the church or we're going to go raise some incense or we're going to pray or we get to do this or do something extra that kind of feeds the eternal side of things rather than focusing so heavily on the physical mm. and I think that kind of ties in really nicely with service as well we tend to see it as such a physical demand and we ignore the eternal benefit we ignore the eternal work that we're actually trying mm. to do and what we're actually here for mm. um yeah I really love the story of like Saint Monica Saint Augustine's mum mm. like when when you were mentioning prayer before Mimi like her service was entirely devoted to praying for her son that he can find Christ and return to him and I'm sure that outside of that it must have looked to some people like what is she doing like what is she doing with her time how is she caring for the church how is she caring for her son like her son's gone he's off the rails you know he's but her service was so powerful in her prayer that she you know god god touched his heart and brought him back to him and i think for me that's always a nice little reminder that if i do nothing else but pray for my kids i have done the most important thing um because if i don't pray for them who will like that's that's like i'm the only person that's that's my job that's mm. been my, my sole responsibility is to pray for them um and i remember again like i well, again i can't remember where i've read yeah. it or heard it or whatever it was but basically someone i'm pretty sure someone was saying to me that as a as a woman like before you even conceive you should be praying for your children before you even conceive like mm. while they're even just a thought in your head um because that is what protects them that is what allows them to grow in god's grace because there's going to come a day eventually where like you have no more ability to control what they do what they see what mm. they who they talk to yeah. what their choices are but if your prayers are there for them then i like to believe that God will guide them and he will protect them and that it's the single most important thing that we can do yeah. for them. There's a writer named uh, Andy Stanley and um, one of his really, I, I love this quote, he says, um, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something that mm. you do, but it might be someone that you raise. I think that's a beautiful thing because we don't realise that we're making a contribution mm. to the kingdom of God. We are part and still ambassadors of his works and his gospel sharing and the good news spreading by being mums mm. and if I'm still trying to find where I can physically be used we need to find solace in the fact that we are being used every single minute of every single day in the pits of tantrums and in mm -hmm. the dishes 
that are flooding the sink and in every little thing that drives us mad at home and you know trying to work out how to be mums we are being used Mm. we just need to let him use us and let him fill us with his peace and his grace so that we are really carrying out his Mm. work and i think a good prayer actually a practical thing to do every day is in the morning just say lord what do you want me to do today Mm. so it's a small prayer it doesn't take time just what do you want me to do today? It might be with my kids. It might be with someone at work. It might be an extra service that I actually get called yeah. to do and I have capacity to do it. Whatever it is. But he will show you, if you're willing, he will show you what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And just on that point, I think that's really beautiful because we can be used everywhere. You know, for the working mum, you can be used at work. For the stay-at-home mum, you sure are being used at home. Like... You know, for the mum who goes for walks, you don't know how many people you bump into that you can have an impact on. Um, and actually, I'm going to share a personal experience because this is a no judgment zone, remember? <laughs> yep. Um, coming out, uh, actually starting to think about service really daunted me and frightened me. And even though I dabbled in service a little bit after I gave birth to Leah, um, my daughter, it I just couldn't, I I almost started to resent what I was doing because I felt like I couldn't keep up and I had so much pressure on myself and I put pressure on myself because I compared myself and it was, it was a mess. Um, and I almost ran away completely Mm. uh, and I completely ignored it. I'm like, that's it. I'm not going to serve. I'm not, I'm done. I'm taking a break. Exactly. Like you said, Mimi, I'm, I'm going to take a break for however long. I'm just going to chill. My Sundays are going to be church and cafes with Leah and shopping. <laughs> and it's going to be super cool. I'm going to have the greatest life ever. Um, and when I was least expecting it, you know, God kind of showed me that at work I can serve. Mm-hmm. And there are opportunities that will present themselves. And I just need to, you know, heel knock and I just really need to open no matter how much I ran, it's almost like these uncomfortable religious talks <laughs> just came up <laughs> every time I said, I'm done serving. Uh, and you have such an opportunity to get to know people and get to really tap into you know, their knowledge of Christ and whether they want to know and are they searching and can I really be some sort of vessel here? Can mm. I really be used in this situation? And God will come knocking no matter how much you run Trust me, you cannot outrun God. <laughs> you will find a way. But in the end, it, the onus comes down on us. And we really need to say yes to the opportunity that comes. And if he comes knocking aggressively, you know, once I ignored, twice I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, Christ is great. And that, that was the extent <laughs> of my good news. And then, you know, he'll just keep knocking. And he, he just keeps reminding us that, we're here for something greater and we need to step out of our comfort zone in whatever shape that looks. Mm. It's different for all of us and it doesn't have to, you know, what Marina does is not what I have to do and what Mimi does is definitely not what I have to do because I can't. And <laughs> it's just, it's different for every single person and we just need to answer the door when he knocks and find out where he wants to use us. And like Mimi said, that prayer is great. Mm. Just start your day and say, how do you want to use me? I'm here. Open the door where I need to, you know, for where I need to go, where you want me to go. Mm. Mm. And on that note, um, 
So that concludes this episode. Mimi, thank you so, so much for joining us. Very enlightening for myself, for sure. And me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just a reminder, we're on Instagram and Facebook. So again, Instagram is the underscore mami, M-A-M-I underscore village. And you can DM, DM us directly on Instagram. Am I saying that right? DM us. Is that like what people say these days? I, you're asking D- Stella. Like. <laughs> you can send us a message. Just just, just tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what yeah. questions you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, comments, questions, recommendations, speakers, whoever wants to come on and share their experiences. All are encouraged or, you know, great resources that you've come across that you think are worth sharing with other people. Let us know. Uh, Facebook, it's just Mami, M-A-M-I. Again, you can reach us there. Uh, and Slido. Slido. S-L-I dot D-O. And it's uh, M-A-M-I. That's the code with a hashtag at the front. Um, and I think that's it for this week. And don't forget, we're up on Upper Room Media and Spotify. So you'll find us there. And if I'm not going to say any questions again, but just, we'll see yeah. you. We'll see you in two weeks. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you.